Penn State's not shiny. Okay, it's, it's not SEC. I'll tell you that. It's not the SEC. Like, it is not some shiny place. It's, like, blue-collar, people-oriented, people-driven. And I think that's what um, what people take from state is, like, if I always say that. Like, if you want to be around the best people, like, you'll go to, you'll go to Penn State because that's what it is. Guys, we have a big announcement. We are we officially have our first advertisement. Um, which I feel like we've made it, Taylor. Um, so we're pretty excited because this campaign is uh, like no other. Um, it is called uh, Fresh Ball Fall. And so I'll give you guys kind of a little rundown. Um, well, hey there, all you ladies and possibly gentlemen that are listening. Fresh Ball Fall is right around the corner. And you know what that means? It means cozy sweaters, pumpkin spice, and of course... <laughs> Get your man's fall foliage all groomed up with Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped, while nature takes care of the leaves, we're here to make sure your man's uh, region is leaf-free and ready for sweater weather. So on that note, um, our code for Manscaped is ITGIRLS20 for 20% off plus free shipping. Um, Manscaped sent us a little package a few weeks ago and... My boyfriend was super excited to get the package. Um, the marketing is is like no other. So um, along with your flannels and cozy socks, make sure that you're the man in your life's um, prepared for sweater weather. Um, the, uh, the package comes with a razor and a nose trimmer. The nose trimmer is great. I have used that. Uh, and then some other pretty cool marketing pieces. So on that note, Taylor, anything to add on uh, Manscaped? Yeah, it seems like a great gift for someone with a man in their life. That is not me, but uh, use our code. 20% off and free shipping doesn't get much better than that. Manscaped is doing a great job advertising this and um, should be great. <laughs> yep, get them ready for fall, man. Fresh ball fall. Here we come. So thank you, Manscaped, for sponsoring this podcast. And you're excited to continue the partnership. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the It Girls podcast, where we're telling the stories of winning women. And today, without further ado, we'll get right into it. We have Allie Schlegel of the Chicago Red Stars. What's up, Allie? What's up, guys? Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Duh, we are so pumped to have you, Allie. Um, a little background. We, well, I guess I more than Z, but knew um, Allie's brother at Kentucky pretty well. He was really good friends with my cousins. He played football at Kentucky. Um, and so when we were brain, we were always trying to like brainstorm who would be a good guest. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I think Drew's sister was like a stud at Penn state. So sure enough, she was a stud. She was an all American team captain, all big 10, won a few championships. So, um, we are pumped to have her on and she's also like a pretty neat person from what we've gathered so far. So we're going to try to talk less soccer, more, more all things Allie. So Allie, give us your best elevator pitch. So that everyone gets a grasp of who you are. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, <laughs> I practice this like in the, like getting my business degree, like, okay, my major is this, I'm in this, you know. Totally. <laughs> I worked as much on like my personal elevator pitch, but um, yeah, I was born and raised in Colorado, which is a very deep part of my being. I think that has really... Um, just that ignited my love for the outdoors and fly fishing specifically is like one of my favorite activities, which was heightened at Penn State because we had some classes there. So I took advanced fly fishing and fly fishing at Penn State, if you can believe that for credit. And it was awesome. Um, and I think also being in Colorado, I think the atmosphere of just the adventure spirit in Colorado has also been a big part of me in life like I like to try new things like to do new things um and there's really like I said there's nothing that I'm like not interested in um and so I think Colorado is a big part of of that and then I think my my family I'm 
one of four with my mom, my dad, and my brother, Drew. Luckily, these girls know my brother, Drew, but he is quite the to explain. And, I mean, he's my was my best friend um, growing up. He still is, obviously, my best friend. But I think the two of us just, I don't know, we were always just out in the neighborhood and always playing different sports. And, like, although, yes, we, you know, I find myself to be a person um, outside of sports. I think sports was also a huge part of my upbringing and how that bonded us to our neighborhood friends, how that bonded that to my communities throughout all of my years of, you know, elementary school, blah, blah, blah. You know, like sports has always been that core part. So that's important, I think, to bring up. But other than that, like, I think I'm confident now to tell people that I'm a big nerd, which is just a fact. And I love, <laughs> I love reading. I love learning. Like, I just love learning, to be honest. Um, in D.C., I was just calling my mom. I'm like, I could spend so much time in D.C. now just going. <laughs> Museums. Being at the age where like museums are lit is <laughs> like we just we went to the spy museum the other day, um, and I just had the best time. I had the best time. I um, am looking to go to the Bible Museum tomorrow, which I'm pumped so about. Um, and actually, that, that's a good little cameo too. I think faith is another part of like just my core being. Obviously, that drives everything for me, um, mm-hmm. and that stems from both just my family and a couple, some of my best friends in college um, really had made that a big, deep impact on me. And um, I think lastly, something that's just so deeply ingrained in me is Penn State. Like Penn State is me. It's such a deep part of what I love and what I care about and what kind of made me me. Um, and I think that theme that comes out of state the most that I reflect on that has just been true throughout my life is relationships like I adore my friends and my family and and honestly all of the people that I've met but people in relationships are just core to who I am um and that I don't know like that is me like I feel like a sum of the parts of all of those people that are around me and I've you know because I like to learn it's like oh I you know got this music taste from this person and I got this you know, book recommendation from this person. I got this movie reference from this person, you know, like all those things just are a combination of, I think all the people God has put in my life. Oh my God. That was was the best elevator pitch you've ever had, Taylor. Too long. Maddie said that about every elevator pitch, but I do. This one was, that was really good. That was the best one. And you know, Allie, I think that, well, one, like I'm so excited for this episode because you can tell in the first, like, 30 seconds, like, oh, this is our girl, you know? Right. <laughs> I started talking. I was like, oh, this is my girl. And I think it's because um, you, Z, and I all have, like, a zest for life that is really, like, something that you can't – it's it's God-given, you know, that, like, cup half-full um, mentality and the way that, you know, I heard a quote, like, when you stop learning, you stop living. Mm. I think about that all the time because – learning happens if you enjoy learning like you just see life in such a different way than if you kind of dread it so um and like you said you can learn through books or you can learn through people like there's a million ways to look at learning so i'm excited to learn a lot from you this episode (laughs) well okay speaking of learning and first off i've heard amazing things about the bible museum so i'm excited for you to go do that but um talking about the fly fishing and i was looking it up and Everything that I saw about this fly fishing program at Penn State was, like, legendary, world-renowned, like, infamous fly fishing. I'm like, what the heck? Who's fly fishing at Penn State? And then I go to their their Instagram page for PSU fly fishing. It's, like, so professional. It has, like, thousands of followers. How did this, like, become a class you took? How did you get into it? Okay, yeah, that's actually so hilarious because I try to tell people that, like, Penn State fly lit. The other day we were in the locker room and I was telling people, um about Penn State fly fishing and and one of my teammates was like you're giving Penn State like a bad rep I'm like no you don't understand like Penn State fly fishing is hype um okay so rewind to kind of why I got involved in fly fishing is some of my best my best guy friends in high school are all like fly fishing gurus and whatnot and so like I kind of um 
got into it through them and I went a couple of times with them and got the little sister treatment for sure. Like I had no idea what I was doing. And they're like, you didn't bring a leader. I'm like, what the hell is a leader? Like, what are you even talking about? They're like, you need to like go take bar like down the road. We're like in the middle of the mountains to this fly shop. I'm like, okay, perfect. Like, I don't know anything, but I'm not going to act like I don't know anything. Um, so I was very much sister treatment from them which was good and then in college um the guy that I dated in college he was also really into it so I feel like that was kind of that introduction to actually doing it more and more but then like when we broke up it was kind of like I actually enjoy doing this and I'm gonna be able to do it on my own and I had heard like we it's so funny like central Pennsylvania for some reason is like a hub for fly fishing. So weird. I, I know it's like weird. Like there's actually like good water and stuff like in around Penn state, like right by campus, like some very uh, good waters. And so there's this guy whose name's Joe Humphreys. Okay. He's like 90 something years old. I met him at a breakfast place once in the middle. Yeah. At Penn state. Cause he like, I'm pretty sure he coached wrestling, but fact check me on that. But he's like a legend. Okay, so he's a legend, and he started the program at Penn State. And so George, my instructor, is from that I took classes with. He was like Joe Humphrey's kind of um, like protege. And so, and I'm dead serious. Like when I went, so for the break, the NWSL break, me, Drew, and my family went to Wyoming for um, for the week. Of course, I know, and because I wanted to fish, and my guy best friends were like okay you should go to fremont canyon this place is is the best and our fly fishing guide knew who i would like knew george like who i was talking about because he's like legit like he's the man that's crazy so that's really it and so like he was the instructor at penn state it was the first like fly fishing program ever to be created and yeah they're just like a couple of legends like in the fly fishing community which is so bizarre and random that I just ended up there but that's that's the full circle of how we got there okay wait rewind even more for us um well I'm not a city folk he's a city folk for sure like what is fly fishing (laughs) can you just explain it actually such a question okay you know like you've probably seen it in a movie where like it's the fishing where you're like moving like the big line right Yeah. yeah that thing like that is fly fishing. And so I, I've looked up, you know, cause people ask me like, Oh, what's the difference? And I don't know how to say that coherently. <laughs> My okay. of it all is like, to me, it's just way more involved. Like instead of, you know, like if you're fishing, you put like live bait on and you toss it out there or whatever. It's just a lot more involved where like you're trying to imitate like a specific bug. Oh, yeah. And like you're like, on the yeah it's just like really like (laughs) give you like a coherent I think the main difference is like the way that you cast and like the presentation of how you're trying to catch the fish like it's more the technique and the approach so it's really involved that's the other thing like I like it because it's very zen to me like it's a very zen activity that is so cool Z yeah. loves fishing. Z's like, I, I said she's a city girl, but like, she, like, we had like a rod at school and she, sometimes I text her at like 8 a.m. on a Saturday and I'm like, wait, bro, where are you? Like, are you like, you know, getting donuts or something? She's like, no, I'm fishing. <laughs> I don't what? know how to fly fish though. I, we should hook up and we should learn. You yeah. can teach me. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's honestly, it's just, it's so involved. It's taken me so many years to even get, like, I, again, it's just something where you're always learning, truly. Yeah. So cool. So cool. Um, okay. Staying on this topic. So we have actually had a few guests on from Penn state and every guest we've had from Penn state and people we know from Penn state, our trainer and our, our volleyball trainer was from Penn state. And like, she bled Navy and white, like everyone we know. So what, first of all, why'd you go to Penn state? Second of all, what is it about Penn State that makes people just absolutely fall in love with with the culture of of being a PSU alum? Mm. My uh, one of my best friends the other day sent me a TikTok that was like the top, like the ten colleges that you just like think are a cult, and it was 
like the second one and behind like a and m right like, right this rain's true like yeah or you're not you know you either get it or you don't and first question why i went to penn state um I think that's kind of like a twofold question because the recruiting process, I mean, I was so young, like I really don't even know why I came up there when I look back because, I mean, there are so many reasons why I chose it that by the time I had gotten there were like irrelevant almost. Uh, But reflecting back, I think one of the biggest impacts I had just through the process were the coaching staff. And they are some of my favorite human beings best friends like to this day like I adore the coaching staff at Penn State really more than anybody on this planet like I love them and they were such a huge part of that process but then in terms of like the decision making I um I had a dream and committed the next morning at like 9 a.m my mom was like yeah I know (laughs) I know I had a dream yeah God really closed good doors to Penn State like I seriously look back when people ask me this question I'm just like I was just meant to be there I was and like the you know the stars aligned for it to happen and doors closed for it to happen um and I think just reflecting on those those time or that time period it was because then I had I went there when I was 15 and didn't go back until I was 18 like I was 15 like, okay, I had a sweatshirt. I didn't really think about it. I was right. too busy doing high school things. Like, I didn't care. And then when I showed up, like, I remember really my first two years just being like, how did I, how did I get here? And everything is such a pleasant surprise. <laughs> and, you know, because I knew what I was getting into, but it's also just so much bigger, so much greater than I could have imagined. Um, and I think, Penn State people love Penn State because of, I think it is just this family atmosphere. Like, it is this deeply tradition, family um, focused atmosphere. I remember Drew came to campus um, and he was just like shocked at how many people wore Penn State stuff because he was like, like, everybody wears it. And he's like, this is weird. Like, yeah. you know, people care about their college, but. I think there's just a lot of deep family roots because also a lot of people that go to Penn State, it's like my great grandpa, my grandpa, my mom, my dad, everybody went to Penn State. And I think that the sports culture is actually a really big part of that. I would say um, Penn State football, you know, even through its, you know, interesting past and really difficult past and um, a harsh past really did ignite the sports culture of Penn State. I mean, there are so many renowned programs at Penn State. I mean, the volleyball program at Penn State is world-class, like wrestling, world-class. I mean, there are just a lot of programs there that, um, and I think like that's what excites people about a university in a lot of ways. And also like Penn State's a work hard, play hard type of ball. Like we're not pretentious or like you're there to have a blast and have fun and go to sports games and it's big. And um, I think about Thon too, which is the um, the biggest um, yeah. student run philanthropy in the world. And like I knew so many people involved with that. Knew like I actually just got dinner last two nights ago with the old executive director of Thon. And like, these are the people that I was able to meet through Penn state. And it's just the people I tell that to everybody when I'm like recruit, you know, having, um, when we, we had recruits, I'm like, Penn state's not shiny. Okay. It's, it's not sec. I'll tell you that it's not the sec. Like it is not some shiny place. It's like blue collar, people oriented people driven and i think that's what um what people take from state is like if i always say that like if you want to be around the best people like you'll go to you'll go to penn state because that's what it is that's so awesome that's so cool and every other person that we've talked to from penn state has said that exact thing yeah anna camden and to go off of that so like from the outside oh yeah anna's great you guys talked to anna yeah Yeah, she's She's great. great So from my perspective, and maybe Maddie too, it seems like 
all of you guys from all the different sports are all super tight knit. Like I see Will commenting on your posts and Will knows Anna and you know, Sean Clifford and Anna knows Sean Clifford. And all these people are so connected. What like does Penn state do to make that feel that way in the, in the athletic department? Yeah. Okay. One of my biggest like jokes about Penn state is, you know, like the academic center. Yeah. Yeah. I, or like, you know, you guys, I'm sure have an academic, whatever. Yeah. Like, I said as a freshman that like, this was a ploy to like get Penn State athletes to like marry each other and have <laughs> send back to Penn State because like that's where you spent all of your time. Um, but I think because Penn State is so big, you're looking for that community within a you know 40, 50,000, whatever person school. And because like you know, you already resonate with athletes, I think it's very normal for athletes to I don't like automatically want to be friends with each other you know and like I think the boring side of this answer is just kind of like logistically being around each other being on the same schedules as each other understanding each other right like I think it took me a couple of years to really like gain friendships outside of sports because it's just hard like it's just hard like you know and there's a lot of disconnect there but I think that Penn State did a good job of allowing avenues for us to get to know each other and for us to support each other. And because again of that, the roots of the sports culture, like I wanted to go to football games. I wanted to go to wrestling matches. I wanted to go to girls lacrosse games. I wanted to go to volleyball games. Like that was fun because like you were all so, you know, just connected by a similar passion. And I actually was our, um, the student athlete, advisory board president for for a year which was which was a joy <laughs> it was a <laughs> um, I, again I look back on some of these things and I'm like how did I even do that I was so busy in college and now all I do is like read and run that's it <laughs> and play soccer you still do play professional soccer <laughs> oh but it's so like college athletes guys like you'll like there's nothing that compares to being a college athlete like being a college athlete is truly psychotic it really is it is, it is. and then like when you get out like now i'm just like working a corporate job and um it doesn't carry the weight that it used to either like people just don't get it <laughs> thank you no like i know you guys feel that where you're just like what did I do? You look back, you're like, what? (laughs) Like talking about this now. Um, But I think, again, there were just channels, you know, so like those things, although like sometimes cringy, right? You're like, oh, do I really want to go to this welcome back barbecue? (laughs) Like kind of lame, which was always hard. It's always hard to convince like 18 to 22 year olds that like, this is not lame. This will right. be fun. I know totally. that it's like, you know, this has to be a PG experience, but like, it's fun. Right. Right. Um, but I, again, like, I think we, we tried to be intentional about in, involving the student athlete community, both with themselves and with the, with the university, because I think it was hard for student athletes to, to really connect with the university in the bigger picture. But I think honestly, things like Thon really helped with that because that was such a Penn State thing that connected the entire community together. And student athletes were really able to um, experience the the university and the community in in that way. That's awesome. That's so cool. I think that um, I totally resonate with what you said about like, you wanted to go to lacrosse games. You wanted to go to volleyball games. You wanted to go to, you know, wrestling matches. Like we, that's exactly how we felt at Kentucky. Like going to watch a women's basketball game was so fun because we like knew these girls, like these girls were like seeing what they're going through on a daily basis. Um, going to watch men's soccer games. Like, I don't know. There's just like sports that I never watched in high school personally, but then I got to college. I'm like, these are my people. Like I'm hanging out with them on Saturday night. Like I'm going to go try to watch a game if I can. Um, so we totally get that. Um, so going further now, now you're not at Penn State teardrops on my guitar so talk us through your decision to play pro um I think that especially you know we've seen the growth in women's sports honestly I think soccer is like a trailblazer women's soccer is like definitely trailblazing that path um so maybe talk about you know professional women's soccer your experience and kind of like how you decided to take that path rather than um something different 
That's such a great question. And I remember having um, a conversation with my grandpa. And he's going to hear this because he listens to the stuff that I do. And I remember him. He's always been like, he's just a good like whole poker. Like kind of like, why are you like, why do you think what you think? Why are you doing what you're doing? And I really resonate with him in that way. But I remember this car ride coming back from um, Baton Rouge because they're they're Louisiana people. And he was like, kind of just like, why would you do this if you're, you know, if the money is not there, like you're telling me that you are gonna, you know, go do this when potentially like at the time I was um, really big into like finance and was like, I'm going to Wall Street, which I'm absolutely not doing that. But um, I feel that that's what I do. So I understand. Uh, Yeah. Investment banking, literally, Allie. So I'm doing your, your worst nightmare. went through such a phase of that sidetrack. I was, I like our, I'm sure you were, did you ever do like the club? Like whatever, like yeah. a club? finance okay. club? Yeah. Right. So we had like the Ninny Lion Fund, which was like the. Yeah, the investment. Had, like an right. actual like portfolio doing stocks, yada, yada. Yeah. There was another one that was like only fixed income investing. So it was like a paper portfolio, but whatever. It was all about like leverage debt, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I, you know, I was the dumbest person there, but it was the best thing I ever did academically. For, no, it was serious. Yeah. And, but I would not have been making in my life. I would have done S and T just so I could talk, but you're an S&T. So I did sales and trading and then sales and trading. Agreed. Oh, it's like, sorry, it's, it's great for people like us that are very outgoing, but yeah. I just felt like career path wise, like where I want to be in 20 years was I had to do investment banking. So I, I swallowed the the bullet and just did it. So that's where I'm at. Respect the hell. <laughs> I literally, I could not. But anyway, sorry. I really am so glad that we just had that little sidetrack. But basically, I think his point was like, why? Why are you doing that? Like, it doesn't make sense if you're not kind of going to get like this, I think, financial outcome that might be better but I remember being like whatever I think maybe I was still a teenager maybe I was 20 but just being like a pissy about that being like oh so my dreams like aren't as important as somebody going to the NFL like if Drew had the potential to go to the NFL like would you ever ask him this question Mm. and maybe he would have maybe he would have because he's a question guy um but I think it just made me like feel very power um like powerful about saying that like no my dream is important and like I again believe that God has given me this specific talent to do like I felt very called into it to be completely honest I don't know I mean I'm sure you guys know um about Drew's fiance passing away and that obviously like was a really big, big life experience to have, like, at our age. And that was just such a moment that just rocks your world. Obviously, yeah. you slow down, makes you think intentionally about all of the things that you are doing. And I think that, um, so right after Molly passed away, I, we, I had just gotten invited to, like, a U23 national team camp. And I was like, like, I can't even function, but yeah. I'm like, yeah. we're going. and the night before I had a friend call me and tell me that Katie Meyer had just passed away and who, and she was, you know, somebody that we had, I had grown up in like the youth national team system with, and, um, you know, had been friends with like, it was just a lot. It was just a big day. Like, right. Like there was just a lot of, like a lot of deaths, a lot of just like, mm-hmm wow, this is, this is a lot. And I just felt like at camp that God gave me a lot of clarity in that moment to, I just like was kind of wrecked by a lot of conviction of like slowing down. And I don't know, just being able, like having the power to focus on this one thing. And I think it was interesting that that camp kind of gave me a taste of what it would be like to be a professional athlete. Like, cause we were in spring break, so I didn't have homework. I was really just focused on 
my like playing and my teammates and that cadence of life. And so that experience in its entirety mixed along with kind of my passion to, you know, as we all are to make female, like that we know, we know how sick female athletics are, right? Like we know, and we need everybody to know. And look at the Nebraska game, the volleyball game that just happened. That's like, I know that that typical give the platform you get get him you put you get we you know we could go on a whole tangent on that but like I think those two in combination and then it was really difficult because I was thinking about staying for a sixth year at Penn State I was supposed to do a grad degree but again God wrecked that plan of course I was like I don't want to do this at all actually I had to like get out of oh my god I love this. Love my Penn Staters. They helped me, you know, do like academically navigate like this deep conviction. I had not to do this graduate program that like they so graciously already let me get into. And I was like, wait, I changed my mind. (laughs) Um, And so then after season, I kind of had to like decide because there were so many parts, obviously, of that. And I went to Spring Creek where we fly fish and I laid on a tree and I decided to go on the draft. So that's really, again, these are, it's like an intentional process that is then ends with something deep and dramatic. That is how I make my decisions and how I really operate. So that's, that's, that's amazing. I that's it. amazing. And I know I said this maybe on one of the other episodes, but I just always feel like when we're in the midst of tough decisions, whenever you have peace around a decision, it's usually where God wants you to be. You just know. You just yeah. know. Yeah. And so now you play for the Chicago Red Stars. You were drafted 23rd overall. And I was looking at your Instagram post um, when you were going through that and you are just like, this couldn't have lined up better. You're playing with your friend Penelope Hawking. And now you're playing with like Mallory Swanson and you're playing against all of the best to ever play the game. What is that like? And what is your what was your like welcome to the league moment where you're like, oh, I'm playing with the big girls now? That's a great I think I'm somebody who, growing up, I think I was just kind of having this conversation with a teammate on the plane the other day. Like, I think I'm just inherently a little bit like, I got it going on, and I'm not scared. Like, and, and like, you know, I'm not going to worry about it because I can do it. And I say that, too, in congruence with, like, I'm shaking in my <laughs> boots. I don't, yeah, like, how do you actually approach being a professional soccer player? Like, I don't know what to do. Like, these are the best in the world. Can I really do it? Like, yeah, I mean, there's just that perfect both and of, like, you know, yes, I was confident in my abilities that I could do it. But at the same time, I was like, you got a lot to learn. and. <laughs> of how I think I wanted to approach it because I didn't want to, you know, not believe in myself and not think that I could do it. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to be an arrogant rookie that's like, oh, like this is a walk in the park. Right. You know, like, that. I don't think that is ever um, an appropriate approach. And so I think I really wanted to approach it with that sponge attitude. Like, let me just soak in because of what you just said. Like I'm around players that have played for 10 years, have been in a league for however many years, have played in world cups, have played in Olympics. Like you don't just get to be around that every day. And I think my, you know, the approach to all of it was just like, what can I learn? How can I sit and listen to these people? And watch them, you know, analyze them. How do they approach the game? Because I think it's not a one size fits all in professional athletics. You really have to figure out what works for you. And I think that was kind of like how I approached it. And so then I think like, it's been so challenging, of course, like it is jump that's the whole point like it is a jump again like I remain confident that I can do it and will do it and will you know um but there's been a million hurdles a million hard days a million um lessons to be learned throughout the whole process and I think like when was my welcome to the league moment I like that question I don't 
have like I think the first game that I got to play in was a welcome to the league moment because I think that it was at OL Rain and we were playing against Seattle. It was like the first time that I got to play and I felt that balance of like I can do this. I can do this. This is hard, but I can do this. And like I play, I felt like I played well. Um, but at the same time, like the game itself, like we had lost five two. You realize like who you're playing with and against. Like I think I maybe I don't know. Like somebody had fouled away, and then I had to like get back for the um, free kick. Like Megan Rapino, like hitting this free kick, and you know, in my head, in my head, I'm like. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna be a fan girl. Like, I'm gonna. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna like. You know, I'm just. I think I was trying to be like, no, like I belong here. I'm playing. Yeah. Girls, like, but at the same time, that kid in me is like, this is kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. So I think the whole, this whole time of being in the league has been this like constant um, dichotomy of yes, I can do this, and I want to do this. I want to be this and also just being so unbelievably humbled by the fact of what it is like so unbelievably humbled by the level of play by the level of the players by the intensity by the physicality um like I am not even remotely unscathed from this process because of and and I think that's been like the greatest lesson through it all like there's just it's been incredible because it has just, you know, as we go back to our main theme, like there's just been so much learning and so much growth. And I so deeply appreciate the league, the players, the, the approach to it, the intensity of it, where it's been. I so deeply appreciate where the league has been. Like I have talked to so many of my older teammates and like, can't even fathom like what they have been through and like how they've, progress this league in the way that they have and so yeah I just feel a lot of gratitude towards the players who have who have been the trailblazers and I think I want so badly to follow in their path and to continue to push it on and to carry the fire um but I think for that to be future role or possibility of mine like I had to experience this like year and this and continue to experience this year you know there's no time limit on it but uh, yeah I think the, the humility piece of it is like number one really yeah, so, cool. so cool so Allie my question for you now is um you know I think it'd be cool for our audience to hear like what a day looks like for you mm. um you know like the show quarterback right now that everyone's loving with like Patrick Mahomes and where it like really takes him or takes us like through what his day looks like as a pro football player. So like, what does, what does a day look like for you? And I know that's like different when you're traveling or, or whatnot, but I think that'd be, it'd be cool for me to hear too. I'm, I'm actually really curious. Oh, okay. I'll give you a day in your life. Um, it depends. I feel like, all right. I feel like I go through, I'll give you a day in the, the life when I'm being social and the day in the life when I am not. Um, Again, like Chicago being such a great city, I've really been blessed with having so many visitors. I love all my friends when they come. Mm. It's so easy to it's so easy to get to Chicago too. That's the thing. Like, oh, it's so great. I uh, I just love it. Um, but I would say that I wake up usually around like eight seven thirty to eight thirty is like my wake up break because I don't train until one, uh, which I think. Pretty inconsistent like over the league um but that's just our training time with our stadium availability and um the fire the chicago fire also trained so um i've gotten adjusted to it i kind of like it so i like a slow morning so wake up and i don't like to look at my phone i really don't i don't like to look at my phone for like as long as i possibly can um which is usually around like 30 minutes to an hour because i will read that's usually the first thing i do is um read we have a bible study on the team so i like have been doing that honestly pretty consistently but i'm usually doing something faith-based i am finding my center of gravity um right when i wake up and then after that 
is like my phone thing's time because then I'm like, all right, I got to like fill out my wellness, like respond, you know, do all of the things that we have to do on a daily basis of, you know, texting friends and catching up, blah, blah, blah. And then, like I said, I just love the slow morning, just make breakfast. I just like meander, it's just slow. I love it. You know, brush my teeth, do all the things. Um, and then usually I'm out the door around 10 or 1030 because I like to go to the stadium to do like treatment, rehab, like all of those things. So I usually like to go at like 10 or 1030, um, and do any exercises, like just kind of like activate my body, get treatment, all that good stuff. And then we have a meeting. Um, and then after the meeting we train and then usually, I like to lift after practice. So if we have a lift, I'm lifting after practice. And then, you know, my job is to take care of my body. So then it's like recovery time, right? <laughs> ice bath. I'm a big ice bather. Wouldn't say that I do it every day. It kind of depends. But any sort of recovery, I eat at the stadium. And then um, we'll drive home. And that's like the best time. It's such a weird time. Like 4 to 6 p.m. in a day is such a weird experience. <laughs> In the but honestly, people will ask me because I think you kind of do have a little bit of free time, like as a professional athlete. And people are like, "What do you do?" I call my friends. That's what I do. I call my friends. That's all I want to do. I spend a lot of time, like, um, like my best friends. I'm always calling one of them. Like Sam Coffee's one of my best friends. Caitlin, I'm always calling them, um, talking about our days because, like, I want to still be involved in that calling my mom whoever it is on a given day I am calling somebody that is what I do um but at the same time and then dinner whatever that is I hate cooking I am on the search for a chef husband let it be known if you want to cook for me we can be married literally same I don't like cooking but I do it because I know I have to um and sometimes my roommate, Penelope, my, my dearest roommate, she will cook for me at times, which I'm very grateful for. Um, and then usually that's when, you know, but I also, because Chicago is such a great city, I love going out to eat with a slow meal with a friend. That is a dream. I love doing that. Um, I think I'm, like I said, there, there's a billion different things to do in Chicago. So like if it's a social week, I will do one of those bajillion things that you could ever do, you know lake, river, restaurant, Cubs game, the whole lot. I love experiencing the city. Um, But if I'm not in that mood, I think I usually am like in my room, like usually just doing recovery things, maybe watching film, um, reading, or yeah, like I said, it's, it's either chill or social. There's no in between. But every day I'm calling people. So yeah. I love that this is my answer because it used to be like meeting, class, 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 meeting, freaking backflip, meeting, meeting, meeting. <laughs> I, I really enjoy the cadence of, um, of this life. Um, I think it'll be to, and you know. Well, hey there, all you ladies and possibly gentlemen that are listening. Fresh ball fall is right around the corner. And you know what that means? It means cozy sweaters, pumpkin spice, and of course... Get your man's fall foliage all groomed up with Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped, while nature takes care of the leaves, we're here to make sure your man's uh, region is leaf-free and ready for sweater weather. So on that note, um, our code for Manscaped is ITGIRLS20 for 20% off plus free shipping. Um, Manscaped sent us a little package a few weeks ago and... My boyfriend was super excited to get the package. Um, the marketing is is like no other. So um, along with your flannels and cozy socks, make sure that you're the man in your life's um, prepared for sweater weather. Um, the, uh, the package comes with a razor and a nose trimmer. The nose trimmer is great. I have used that. Um, and then some other pretty cool marketing pieces. So on that note, Taylor, anything to add on a uh, manscaped? Yeah, it seems like a great gift for someone with a man in their life. That is not me, but uh, 
Use our code. 20% off and free shipping. Doesn't get much better than that. Manscaped is doing a great job advertising this and um, should be great. <laughs> yep. Get them ready for fall, man. Fresh ball fall. Here we come. So thank you, Manscaped, for sponsoring this podcast. And we're excited to continue the partnership. That is so awesome. We, uh, when you said meander, like we, Zena and I have talked about this and we listened to it on a, a sermon once, but uh, it's Christine Kane, if you know, you probably know who that is. And she was talking about lingering, just like linger, you know, slowing down to linger, whatever you were in. And in her case, she was talking about like lingering with God, but just like lingering in the mornings rather than feeling like I gotta do this, 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 this. That's how kind of I am. And like, I, even I'm trying to just like, you know, be grounded and take a deep breath. So that's awesome. The elimination of her book I read earlier but like the the process of undoing hurry and busy I'm still in it it's so so difficult like I'm with you I think my routine is important to me because I feel like that allows me to be in that lingering space in that that being able to appreciate more of those pockets of peace um throughout a day right I think we're so like next 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 but you don't realize that like five second that five minute that 10 minute those, those lingering um times but again that is respectfully if i were in investment banking i would be psychotic like i just would be i don't even know how you, i don't know i hope <laughs> i wish and pray for your i'm like it's so hard it's so yeah. It is. I, that's why, like, I was in New York and, you know, you're not an East Coast girly, but like, you, you know, the East Coast lifestyle and it just like, wasn't for me. I was like, I need to be back by my people. So I'm actually doing investment banking in Milwaukee, which is, it's, it's, it's a great, it's, I'm still getting the experience, but I'm not feeling like the pressure to run the rat race where it's, that's the, that's the feel. That's how I felt personally when I was in New York. So, um, yeah, it's tough. Not everybody <laughs> for that <laughs> either. I know. I know. It's crazy. Well, so you were talking about um, long, slow meals, and Maddie, I guess she was curious about what that meant to you whenever we were talking beforehand. So, like, talk about what a long, slow, like, ideal meal looks like for you. Okay, this is such a new thing. Honestly, because here's what happened. I got to Chicago. And everybody's yelling at me and telling me it's the best city ever. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. And with that came like, here's 8 million different places you need to try food wise. And I'm like, okay, got my list. Um, but when I got to Chicago, again, we know I'm no city girl. And I'm like, what do you people do? What do you guys do? Because I'm so used to like being outdoorsy, and granted, this was also when I got there, it was in, you know, January, so it's pretty cold, but um, I'm just like, what do you guys do for fun, basically? And what I realized is, once you just surrender to spending money, it's great. Everything's great. It's a blast. You have so much fun. <laughs> the best call we've ever had, Taylor, right there. <laughs> it's wonderful. Surrender to spending money. I I kind of live by that. I have no problem spending money, and I feel like I have a great life because of it. She's not lying. She is I, not lying. I'm not lying. I I you know try to balance and learn from my peers on how to balance that. But like, how am I supposed to have fun then if I'm not spending like seventy dollars on this meal? Because that's great to me. Uh, it's, it's not ever like not worth it, in my opinion. Ever. Maybe a couple times, but like ninety percent of the time, I, it's it's gonna be worth it. I, yeah, and same, and and no. I think I, I mean, like I maybe one of these days will indulge in like cooking a long slow meal, but I just no. So I like the what has made me love Chicago so much is that food culture, and I think I've really enjoyed, um, yeah, like going. It's then it's the appetizer, it's the drink, then it's the main course, and then I'm a dessert gal. Like we're having a dessert, and we're like it's the whole ordeal. And I just I honestly think it is very biblical to enjoy meals with other people and to I don't I mean just have that pace 
of let's enjoy this food. Like let this food like be of nourishment to me. Let this time with whoever I'm spending with it with, even if it's with myself, I'm a full fan of going out to eat alone. I'm here for it. I will do it all the time. Um, but again, it's just a, a, cause I think, you know, you're just like, slow down, stop rushing, da da da. And you're like, how? It, it feels like a very tangible way to be present, to enjoy, to, um, slow down to, you know, you're not going to like text while you're at a meal with your friend the whole time. You might have to, you know, do some things, but like, it's just a very intentional and practical way, I think, to bring faith to the table, to bring relationship to the table. You learn so much through people. Um, I think all of life, we do the same things every single day. But when you approach them like with a sense of intentionality, like they become so much more, there's just so much more depth to them, you know? And right, there, I've been, I'm also very... Um, I don't know the word, but like, I also eat fast and go and sit in my room also. Like, it's not without, like, I don't want to be around people. I'm eating this quickly. I'm bored, you know, whatever. But I do, when I choose to like have that long, slow meal, I just like love it now. It's so fun. It's like great to catch up. I feel very adult when I'm doing it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Allie, uh, Z was visiting me in Milwaukee, like in July and I always tell Z like I miss her pocketbook because she, she and I, like we are such, we became foodies in college. Like we tried, we tried every restaurant in Lexington. I feel like, like we just would go on dates all the time. And now we're at the point where like, you know, we are adults. And so she came to Wisconsin and I'm like texting everybody, you know, to my bestie, she's in town. Like where should I take her? And a couple people recommended this Indian place. And I like don't know Indian food. Z loves Indian food and she like knows the menu well. So I was like, okay, let's, I text her. I was like, do you want to go to like a, what I've heard is a really good place, but it's probably pretty pricey. Or do you want to go to like a, a good place, but like, you know, a little cheaper. She's like, what do you think? And I was like, all right. Yeah. So, so hey, what do you think? Spend money. So we go and we're like looking at the menu and I'm looking at her. I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. And she's like, it all kind of sounds good. We get to the last page and it's a chef's tasting. Yeah. So it was $75. We had like six course meal. It was like a two and a half hour dinner. It was just like the, it was like a core memory from the summer. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> core memory. I'm I glad love, you enjoyed that time like that. I, it was great, Z. I loved it. That's so awesome. See, the, the other part of this, like a news, like I'm a baby comes to food it's very off-brand I don't want to say that I don't want to tell you that I want to eat chicken fingers or whatever so I'm trying to broaden my horizons through this (laughs) wow that just changed my views about you a little bit good it should and and I want to be authentic in that because (laughs) (laughs) I love it okay Taylor Taylor, I need to ask a question this just it feels like a perfect lead-in okay so we know drew right like i've known drew so he's what two years older three years older than me yeah two years older than you so three years older than me so he was a senior when i was a freshman and this dude like had more friends on campus than anyone i have ever met z would you agree with that you always ask me about drew and i probably have had one conversation with him i know drew and he knows me but i don't know him as well but he does have a lot of friends from what i know so many friends so many friends so i like need to hear first of all you need to give like your perception of drew like you know him in such a different light and two like i want to hear about your all's relationship just as brother and sister as besties like how do you guys feed off one another there's such a Okay, pause also, because I'm going to have to leave in, like, ten minutes, if that's okay. Yeah, okay. Um, There's something about a brother-sister relationship. There's so much unspoken understanding in a brother-sister relationship. And I think that is really what we have, because we're very similar. Um, But also, like, we kind of have opposite... Uh, we don't have opposite personalities. I think we just have opposite, like, 
don't know. I'm emotional. He's not. That's what I would say. Like, I'm very emotional and Drew's very not. He, we're both very, like, I would say charismatic, love to do things, like, friends with anybody and everybody. Um, but whereas, like, he kind of takes that, like, boy approach to things. Like, I'm very, like, deep and philosophical. Like, I remember we were... Um, hanging out with our grandparents one day in New Orleans. And he was like, you just think too much. You think too much. Yeah, like, stop thinking. So I feel like I have that, like, thinking up in the clouds, like, personality. Whereas he is like, this is what it is. And that's that. And so I think that, like, um, it's kind of honestly why we get along so well. Because there's we're just... We do all the same things. Like, I wanted to be like him growing up. I wanted to do everything he was doing. If I could have played football, I would have. Um, I would play football in a heartbeat over soccer. Maybe not now. I love soccer a little bit more now. But I wanted to do everything that he did. And he was kind of my best friend in that way. But, like, you know, it's kind of like that when we leave. It's like, okay, I love you. Bye. like your typical brother sister like we've been through so much together um and but we've always gotten along because we didn't play the same sport we went to different high schools um we it's just easier for us it's just like easy for us to be friends and you know your your siblings like automatically like your compadre like anytime you like be with your parents or um anything like that you know it's just like well at least I have Drew like he gets it and he was so much better at dealing with like anything he's just kind of like oh whatever and I'm like I'm so sorry mom dad like or what you know I was just such a baby I am the baby um and our family dynamic is just the best honestly it's so funny and but Drew to me is like he like I still see him as like a very charismatic but he really didn't come out of his shell shell until college. Like, he was pretty shy. Like, not shy growing up. He just, like, didn't really care to do that. I don't know. Like, indulge social. Yeah, I wouldn't characterize him as shy now. Right. But he had any sense of the world. <laughs> but growing up, he, I feel like he was um, a lot more mellow. To be honest, like, he just did what he did. And that was that, you know, like, he didn't really think much about it. Like, he's had, like, the same, like, best friends. Like, our his best friend was, like, who we grew up with on the street. <laughs> just loves sports. Very simple, like, guy, you know? Yeah. And, but I see him as this grand storyteller. Like, Drew is a grand storyteller, and whenever we come back from breaks or whatever, you're just always like, there's no way what you're saying is true. There's no way. There's genuinely no way that what is coming out of your mouth is fact. And then he has pictures. He has videos. He has people to prove him right. And we're like, what? Like, and, no. and I see him as a grand storyteller. And I see him as like, you know. You're going to have to, like, blurp this out for me. But Drew does not give a fuck. Period. He doesn't. More in this world is, like, Drew is Drew. Like, yeah. period. I've never seen anything like it. You know, in the way, oh, I'm confident. But, like, I kind of still care about what you think about me. Yeah. No. Drew, like, Drew does not care. And I love that about him. It's literally my brother to a T. Yeah. Like, he's he is just, unapologetically himself, like, doesn't care. Yeah. It's so just inspiring, honestly. Like, it's so inspiring. And then I also see him as, like, just a true, like, man of his word. Like, he says he's going to ride bulls, and he's going to go do it. And he does it. Like, he is going to do what he says he's going to do. And I think, honestly, like, I think he gets that... I, I see that a lot from, like, my mom. My mom is very much so the same way. Like, she's going to do something and tell you she's going to do Like, it's getting done. There's, like, no way. Whereas, like, me and my dad, I think, are a little bit more, like, we're always thinking. Like, what's the thought process? Like, we're kind of thinkers and dreamers. Whereas, like, my brother and my mom are, like, they're going to do Like, they're doers. It's done. You can trust them. It's going to get done. 
hardworking. Like, Drew's the hardest worker I've ever known. Like, he's naturally, I think I was like the, oh, I'm going to skip by on talent because I can. And Drew naturally always was just like a hard worker. Like, he's just a hard worker. You don't have to tell him to be. You don't have to inspire him to be. Like, he's just a hard worker. So, as much as he's, like, kind of that <laughs> chippy attitude, like, he's, like, he's just, he's a beast. He really is. He really is. I think, like, when I was younger and knew him, he, like, to give, like, the audience some stories, like, he would visit, like, small colleges, right? Mm-hmm. Like, am I making this up? Okay, so he'd, like, visit, like, small colleges. He was trying to see, like, as many arenas as he could see. And I remember him telling stories of him, like, like kid you not, sneaking into facilities. And, like, he'd be, like, standing on the field. And we're like, bro, how'd you do that? And he'd be like, I just kind of figured it out. And it's like, exactly. yeah. He's like, I just talked to this person or that person. And, like, they just let me in. Like, that doesn't, like, happen. But, yeah, now he's riding bulls. Where is he now? He's currently. Because his football team, the company allowed for him to take three months of remote work so that he could do it. So he's living in Denver, which is just incredible. I was just texting him about it. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Two more questions for you. This next one's kind of like rapid fire, but you are really into music. You're a professional athlete. Naturally, everyone wants to know what three artists, if you can only listen to three artists for pregame pre-game hype up who are you choosing as your three okay sorry penelope just walked in um my three hype artists pre-game whatever whatever you listen to pre-game okay okay because i think maturity is listening to slow music before games (laughs) i on my mood it depends on my mood hmm i've really i've just been listening to zach and like I would listen to Zach before a game. Why not? Yeah, he's good. Fire me up. That can get you going. Yeah, I'm a Kanye girl through and through. I am. I am a Kanye girl. I don't know if that is controversial. (laughs) It probably is, but music-wise, like, I've always loved Kanye's music. I think, like, Kanye, Kendrick, J. Cole are, like, my... You know, whatever trinity of rap, if you yeah, will. You're speaking my language right now. Yeah, she's like she's your girl Z. That's yeah. Z too, Z. Yeah, I, I not so much Zach Bryan. Like I, I hear he's really good. I yeah. can't sing a song, but I I can definitely jive with the slow music for yeah. free. Listen to everything. Like like I will listen to classical music if I need to, or I'll listen to gospel music because you know, like yeah. games. So. That's tough. It depends on my mood, but I'm serious. I'm anything but like classic rock, heavy metal. I do not mess with that. I do not mess with the whole like Metallica vibes. Yeah, that's, that's a good take. Musical, like that's the only thing I actually like. Don't so that I don't appreciate it. It's just like that doesn't resonate. But I'm like I listen to country, jazz, R and B, pop. I love pop. Like yeah. One Direction, that's my jam. Like anything, I really will. So that's awesome. That's a good. That's a good question, Z. Finish us off, Taylor. The best right. question of all. Ali, one question we ask every single one of our guests: What is your best piece of advice you have for all of the winning women listening right now? I feel like I should have like this quintessential answer for this question because <laughs> I, you know, it's like especially because you know you want to give good advice to like younger, even younger female athletes or. Um, other women in general, but I feel like it's different every time for me. Um, I would say, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, what's on my heart. What's on my heart as of right now has been this, this idea of um, process and outcome orientation. I think it is so easy for athletes and just women who are, just like powerful women to be so outcome oriented. It's honestly a very human thing. And I would say that that to me has been like the most dis like the, what makes me the most discontent, but at the same time, like I'm a competitor and being results oriented is important. But I think the difference between 
results oriented and results driven is very different. So I would tell anybody to be results oriented, but process driven. I think being driven by the process, by being present, it kind of reminds me of the verse that like seek first the kingdom of God and like all the rest will come abundantly. There's actually a translation that says like, and all these less important things will come abundantly. I think that is so true. Like throughout this year, I think it's been very easy for me to like focus on these outcomes, all these outcomes, but miss so much along the way. And I think this is a very common thing that we hear. Oh, enjoy the journey. Love the journey. And, and I don't know if we always conceptualize that in reality um, because of how much society and the world and ourselves place importance on these outcomes. Um, but I think when at the end of the day, although like we're driven by success, we're mostly driven by contentment. And I think to be content and to be at peace and to be like in that fulfillment, like in that fulfillment state is being driven by the, by the process. So wait, say it one more time. It was, uh, was results process driven. I love it. I'm writing it down. Love it. Oh, thank you so much. That was awesome. This is amazing. Ali, um, literally anytime we're in the same city, any of us, you, me, you, Z, like we're grabbing dinner. We have to, a long, slow meal. A long, slow meal is on the and you're not allowed to order chicken fingers. I actually refuse. So <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm trying to uphold. I'm upholding this new persona that I'm creating. So this, this I love cool. it. I love it. Hallie, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week and enjoy DC and enjoy the Bible Museum. That'll that'll be dope. Yes, of course. Thank you guys. Bye, so, uh, see you later. Thank you. Yep. Bye.